for joining us, the Wealthy Retailer Podcast with your host, Dan Holman. Every episode, Dan dives into the retail headlines that matter to you, the independent retailer, covering topics ranging from retailer inventory, technology, marketing, retailers' questions, and more. The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. And now, here's Dan Holman. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. Good to see you again, Rob. It's yeah. uh, middle of August, trucking along here, man. Got a little vacation in. I saw you were uh, floating a, on the river or something. Got a little little break. Well, when you're as big as I am, floating comes easy, my friend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a nice little break. And uh, uh, back at her, it's that time of year where, you know, jacket in the morning, get a sunburn in the afternoon. So uh, a little bit of everything. Some good headlines this week, uh, ready to, to get back on the headline train and, and talk about uh, the stuff that, uh, you know, rocking the retail world. Got a few great stories. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, one of them, you know, some faces are prettier than others, Dan. And, and this one story, the importance of being the face of your business. I really like that. And uh, uh, the next story we're going to chat about is, um, you know, for your retail showroom, this is an interesting story about creating a very unique showroom model and uh, maybe some good takeaways there. And uh, it's a reality right now. There's a lot of challenge uh, for folks hiring new new uh, employees out there. And some of the employers, they're dangling signing bonuses to attract new staff. And, and I'm sure trying to pull out all kinds of tricks. So uh, really looking forward to your thoughts on that one. And a great retailer question this week. We've got uh, a retailer facing some inventory shipping challenges for the fall season. Okay, sir. Our, uh, our first story comes from entrepreneur.com talking about why you really need to be- become the face of your business. What stood out here, Dan? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Erica McMillan is a brand strategist and she, she submitted this article. Um, sorry, remind me. I think it was entrepreneur.com, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 in entrepreneur.com. And so Erica, you know, goes on to talk about some of the oldest and most iconic brands, you know, that have survived, um, you know, multiple decades, perhaps even centuries or more, operating as faceless brands. They've always had their brand and their logo, and maybe it works for them, maybe it doesn't. Um, But for a retailer, we've really got to think about this right now. If we look today at the most successful companies, we know the face of the founder, of the, you know, the leader, the president, the CEO, whatever. You know, we talked about our friend that went, um, you know, up in the up in the rocket. I won't say penis shaped rocket anymore. Uh, a little pushback. Actually, I just said it. So I was just gonna say <laughs> check mark. Yeah. yeah. Said uh, it again. You know, we saw Bezos go up in a rocket. Well, today, you know, most of us know what Bezos looks like. More importantly than that, probably the most famous sort of uh not famous, but recognizable guy is 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 Elon. You know, Elon Musk is a really recognizable face as the founder of his company. And and this list goes on and on and on. You know, Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and these yeah, guys yep. have all become the faces of their organization, Rob. And no longer can we be the McDonald's, Chevrolet, yep. you know, Budweiser. You know, we don't know who is 
most of us wouldn't know who the CEO is of those big iconic brands. Like most of us, most of us couldn't tell you who started McDonald's, who's the original founder. A, a lot of us think it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know? that thief Ray Kroc. Butter. The Stole butter. it from the brothers. But it, but, yeah. So Erica just sort of goes on to talk about the importance of being the face of your organization. And there were a few that she shared that I completely connected with. You know, customers connect strongly with a personality, not a brand, right? Today, we are more influencer than we are perhaps retailer. We're influencing decision with our personality. And that means we've got to get out there. We have this ability to tell our story better than anyone else and believing in your own product and or service is the biggest strongest statement you can make you know we have to become the modern day entrepreneur the entrepreneur influencer if you will yep. right the strongest statement an influencer can make is about their product or service it's them getting out there and telling us that story yep. right to be the face of your business, the business you founded, means that you're putting yourself out there. You're not just calling the shots from behind a desk, right? There is no amount of, of um, you know, fancy advertisement, uh, celebrityism, if yep. that's even a word, or paid endorsements that match a level of trust that's created when you connect with your audience, right? It's easy to hide behind the name or the company, or even a staff member or an executive. I'm guilty of this. You know, I, I was faced with a challenging customer and I said to this customer, Hey, you know, talk to Noah at CRS. He's the guy, but it's my face that's out there right. that, that forced Andy to reach out to me. Yeah. And so I, it wasn't that I was really hiding. I went through the explanation that I'm not the guy to handle this for you, but I'm going to make damn sure yeah. it does get handled. But you see, that was me being out there in front of you know, in front of my audience. And the more we think about, you know, the, the power of getting out there, you'll recognize that customers know the brands that face challenge. Customers know, um, you know, what they see on TV, and that's just not really what they're buying, right? They're buying from yep. us today. We think of, Rob, our most successful retailers are the ones that stand in front of their customer. Have their face out the most, yeah. Right? I was just going to ask you, like, if you kind of had to give a grade today, Dan, of the retailers you know and work with, how are they doing with that? How would you say they're doing getting their faces out? And part B yeah. of that is maybe a bit of some of their key team members too, like your own example. Yeah, so I'm going to say this. The level of success that we see today in independent retail is has a direct correlation wow. to their their public presentation. It's not always the owner, but more often than not, the most successful stories we see today are the owners or founders of these companies getting out there and connecting with their audience. Yeah. You know, there's probably no better example than Michelle at, at Elle's Boutique, that's somebody that's in front of her audience every single day and being her true, authentic self. This is me. Yep. This is what I look like. You know, 
it's, 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 there's nothing to hide behind. This is me. Yeah. And she gets out there and connects with her audience. We see lots of examples of that, you know, uh, in and around the Edmonton area. There are many businesses built on the influencer model. And, you know, if I was grading independent retail, I'm going to say it's probably a B, you know, okay. that's the okay. average. It's a B, okay. you know, we've got these A plus students that are killing it. They're thriving in today's marketplace. And then we've got the non-existent who are suffering. And what are, what are the barriers, Dan? What, what do you see in the is fear, fear, just fear, hundred percent fear, hundred percent fear, yeah. fear, you know, I'm not good at it. I stumble. I don't speak well. I don't look well. I've got, you know, confidence issues, yeah. you know, in myself. And at some point you have to come to terms with, you know, I, 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 I don't give a shit what you think about me. I'm just me. Yep. And if you can't connect with just me, move on. Well, and, and ironically enough, it's those stumbles. It's the reality of who they are. That's right. probably going to resonate the most with the audience they're trying to connect with. Right, Rob. It's every stutter step that we make. It's every backtrack. It's every yeah. F-bomb that we drop that makes yeah. us who we are, yeah. which makes us real. I was on a call this morning with a client and we were talking about, you know, being out there on social media and, yeah. you know, she was talking about how bad or how difficult, you know, how much investment she has to make in getting the right photography. Well, you know, we're all smart enough to know that the stuff we see in Vogue and House and Home and all these other Canadian yeah. home, it's all bullshit. It's all touched up, you know, Sports yeah. Illustrated, airbrush bullshit. And that's great. If you want to be in a magazine, you go and you do those kind of, you know, you, you, you pay for those or, or take yeah. those kind of images. But if you're a retailer looking to connect with your audience, just be you. Yeah. Nobody cares about the wrinkle, right? That's, that's not what they're about. They're looking to connect with this, this personal audience. And, you know, to Erica's point in this article, the power lies in the hands of those that are prepared to stand up for their business, right? You don't have this luxury of the revolving door CEO, in indie retail you're it yeah. and you live and die by your own sword you know we can't just go out and hire a new ceo in our ladies boutique it's just not going to fly it's us yeah totally right? unlike big corporate retail when they flounder they can the gm they can the president they can the ceo and put somebody else in oh you know I'm just going to make a joke about the Bay. I won't. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say something about Bonnie Brooks, you know, and, and yeah. but the, here's the deal. You know, that's not the world we live in. And our success is completely dependent on us connecting with our audience. Yeah. That's the thing that gives us the winning advantage against everybody else out there, our ability uh, to connect. No, and I love that. And like, just folks, yeah, have no fear. Just go out, be your unique self. And, yeah. and you know what? your audience, your customer, they're going to love you for it. And, and right. if they don't, uh, newsflash, they're probably not going to be a customer with you. <laughs> your like, customer anyways. Don't worry about it. Right. right. And right. Get, you got to get past the giving a yeah. shit about what people think. Totally. Right. People will respect you for being you. They'll admire yeah. you for being you. And every hell goddamn shit that falls out of your mouth, that, that's who they're connecting with. That's who they long to connect with. Yeah. Be yourself. Awesome. 
Well, speaking of unique, our next story comes from retaildive.com and just talking about generate that unique showroom model. Uh, this was cool. I, I really enjoyed yeah. this story. And, and uh, what, what did you like about it, Dan? Well, you might, you might not remember this, but about a year ago or so, we started to talk a little bit more about Outer. So Outer is an outdoor furniture brand. They're a DTC or direct-to-consumer brand. Um, and I think about a year or so ago, you know, just as spring was hitting, um last year you know there's lots of challenge people or summer was hitting pardon me not spring summer's hitting we've been locked down but yet here's outer just trucking along yeah and now here's a follow-up story um in july they announced their 1000th neighborhood store now before you go getting all crazy about who's got a thousand stores you know this is a neighborhood store by neighborhood they really mean your neighbors outer uses their customer base and their outdoor spaces so your you know your neighbor's backyard as a showroom the company's uh co-founder um yaki lu um i call him jake uh says we saw an opportunity to change the way outdoor furniture was designed, but also how people shop for it. We thought the experience of shopping for furniture was not great. And when we went uh, shopping for outdoor furniture in an indoor showroom that's protected from the elements, yep. it didn't make any sense to them. It's not authentic or real. So what they've done is gone to their customer base and invites their customers to be hosts i'm using my air quotes yep. hosts and show outer products that they've that they've bought and are using to other potential customers uh leo said that given sort of the rise in crowdsourcing and and funding you know crowdfunded businesses like lyft and airbnb that having hosts invited you know inviting interested customers into their backyard made made natural sense for them it was a sort of natural consequence and completely less invasive um, yeah. because it's out in a backyard, right? So they've they've gone and created a thousand neighborhood showrooms, yeah. which Rob really is yours in my backyard. So right? how's that working with the host? Like, is it, is it something that they're just they're they're really open about it, or do they get compensated? Or yeah, yeah. So good what, question. What's that model look like? So they they get they do get compensated um, and given discounts to use the outer products they don't get yeah. sales scripts or commissions um but they do generate their own ambassadorship or their own ambassador income if you will and it allows them to generate a small income by using their backyard as a showcase um or gets them discounts to buy more outdoor product and these guys are an outdoor furniture brand that's yeah. it's all outdoor furniture so you know it's a it's a it's a buy it and yeah. you know a decade later look at do i want to change it so do you do you see any opportunities dan for other categories and in, in kind of that you know you talk about that airbnb model but yeah, so in that retail I mean, world think about what this this in my mind is the greatest example of ambassadorship yeah we've got customers that are now raving fans that want to show off what they bought in hopes of educating you you know the top they did a study let me just go so these guys did a study yeah um that that uh sort of unveiled what it meant for them you know there it's not high pressure sales or anything it's really uh the top three reasons maybe i'll give you the top three reasons okay. so the top three reasons 
that people wanted to become brand hosts were number one, I get a discount on my future buys. Number two, they're supporting a brand that they truly believe in. And then number three, uh, I think if I remember, I got to read it. I was the inspiration was right. the, the, the ability to inspire a future customer. Well, this, in my mind, is a great example of ambassadorship. And we've talked about ambassador programs in our retail world before. Yeah. You know, I need you to tell people what you're wearing, right? Think about the red carpet. Yeah. First question they asked, yeah, totally. who are you wearing? That's right. what I want my apparel stores to think like. I want you to create this ambassadorship where your raving fans are screaming from the mountaintop on your yep. behalf. And, you know, can you generate a discount? Damn straight you can. Yep. You know, we've talked about the ambassador program before. It's the greatest. I mean, this whole referral, it's it's probably the best kept secret yep. in retail, it seems. You know, here's 50 bucks for you to give to your best friend or to someone new. Yep. When she comes in, I'll give you 50 bucks as yep. well. Look at what your customer acquisition costs are. You know, decide what the gift and the get is. I love it. And, and you know, if, if you compare it to maybe like an influencer program where to me, this is so much better in right. that these, these are they their customers first and foremost, and and they're not just being paid to all of a sudden seem like customers, right? They're their customers in the first place and, and becoming that awesome ambassador for you, no matter what it right. is that you are selling. And Rob, that's a great point. Influencers today are first and foremost full of shit. They're getting paid to do, in some cases, a decent job of yep. showcasing product. In other cases, they're an embarrassment. You know, they've been paid to highlight product to try to get someone else to buy it. Well, there's not a lot of genuine in that. There are some exceptions to the rule. Okay. You know, when you get you know, you get a celebrity endorsement, an influencer, that's maybe a little bit different, but they first have to be customers. Yeah. You know, you have to be a customer of my store before I ever invite you to share, you know, with your audience. And the people that are out there that believe themselves to be ambassador, or pardon me, influencers, professional yeah. influencers, don't always do the best job of showcasing who and what you are. You do a better job, as we talked about in yep. the first article here. That's yep. you. It's not them. Well, and these guys thing. have gone and created great ambassadors yep. for their business, yep. which has allowed them, you know, to say that, hey, we opened our thousandth neighborhood store. We've got a thousand customers that are showcasing product for us. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I like, you know, uh, definitely influencers has a lot of the headlines right now, if you will, to just reframe that thinking into the same type of idea, but if you focus it more to the ambassadorship right. of it, like you're talking a much more entrenched, uh, um, you know, real legit customer and, and talk about a better lifetime right. value than just that transactional relationship uh, uh, with the influencers. So yep, completely cool. agree. Very cool. This podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. We've been empowering retailers across North America for 30 years with the latest in point-of-sale technology, best-in-class support, merchandise intelligence with open-to-buy planning, and much more. CRS has the retail solution to help take your retail business to the next level of success. Visit RetailByCRS.com to learn more. Remember, Canadian Retail Solutions exists to help make you, the independent retailer, better. Okay, Dan, our, our um, 
our next story comes from cbc.ca uh, a story about you know the challenges out there finding staff we we've got this uh the story talking about employers dangling signing bonuses to uh to bring in the workers all kinds of different values what uh what do you like what don't you like in this well this yeah cbc whatever great headline there's a bunch of bullshit in the article that really doesn't hold true. What for me, this is reminiscent of 2007, 2008, when we, you know, I moved to the land of milk and honey, come out to Alberta, you know, you're in retail, you open your front door and money fell into it. You know, you're getting paid 22 bucks an hour to work at a coffee shop, like crazy, crazy, booming economy. And we paid people signing bonuses. We attracted people with money to come from wherever they were. The difference that we have today is we're not competing in a labor market. We're competing in a stay-at-home market. Right. We're trying to entice people to come to work versus stay home, right? I think unemployment at the end of June hit about 7.8% in Canada. And we're not a whole lot different than what's going on south of the border. We're being paid effectively as much not to go to work as yeah. we are to go to work with the extension of unemployment and um uh all the acronyms serb and Q, whatever subsidies. yeah all the subsidies you know it's created this massive shortage of of what we think about and as frontline you know retail and restaurant food and yeah. beverage hit harder than any other industry obviously um and you know have a pretty soft spot for those guys that are that are battling their woes that they can't even get staff to come to work because they get paid as much on ei or ei and a combination of subsidy to stay at home and so maybe we are back to a place where there are some signing bonuses but i'm going to say this if you are a retailer and you're looking in the unemployment market for your next hire you're going to get an unemployed person yeah right the best people are out there working and the best way to maybe get them to make a move in uncertain time is with that carrot and so while this article spoke you know um you know spoke about about desperate employers you know dangling signing bonuses to lure in workers really it's about you know, us being creative with our remuneration plan to attract those that are already in the market or in the workplace, yeah. not those that have chosen to stay at home. And now listen, before everybody starts screaming at me that I'm this insensitive SOB, um, I know that there are some exceptions. I know that there are people that really want to go to work and haven't found anything yet. Right. But I stand by the best people are already working. Don't put an ad on Indeed. You know, you're going to get resumes for people that have to demonstrate they're looking for a job, but maybe right. don't necessarily want one. And, <laughs> you know, I'll never show up for the interview. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, like putting that, an ad in the Toronto Sun yeah. or the Edmonton Sun. Yeah. Oh, here I'm picking on a media guy again. But, no. <laughs> you know, you're you're dumping you're dumping an ad into a rag that's not going to get you anywhere. You're dumping money into a cesspool of. You know, the unwanted reader the, the the reader that's in that paper isn't looking yeah. for a job so break He's it down then. What, what do folks need to be doing but what, what's better energy and more importantly listen spent you, right now it, it is still about paying people more than a fair wage yeah. it is about paying you know coming up with a pay for performance 
calculator that pays someone, you know, their hourly wage or this, whichever is greater. And I have a great little calculator, a pay for performance calculator. If you send an email to dan at thewealthyretailer.com, I'll share that calculator with you that says, hey, this is what it looks like today for a 35 hour worker making 12 bucks an hour. And here's how much they should generate in sales. And if they generate X, here's how much they could make. Well, if you go out to someone with a presentation that, hey, you can make $15 an hour working in my store, they're not likely to jump ship. But if the number's 22 bucks an hour to work in my store, that sounds a little more enticing. So you've got to go into the workplace, into the, into the employed field, looking for your next employee, yep. not dangling a signing bonus to an unemployed person. Right Again, now, there are some exceptions to the yeah. rule. I don't mean to sound so insensitive to the unemployed, but. The uh, um, what's your thoughts, Dan, on on being front loaded versus you know some maybe back back loaded options to to pay more with folks? I'm going to go back to you. the ski. I'm going to go back to the ski industry, okay. where we hold bonus to end of season so people don't escape before the season's over. Okay. You know, think about those resort workers, you know that that have to be there till the last day the lift goes up the mountain. If they're yeah. not there, the lift don't go up the mountain. So we, we hold on to their, their you know, season bonus until the last week or the last day. This is how you get the bonus, by sticking it out with us. So that's a bit of a backloaded bonus. The, the front-loading bonus, the, the front-loading signing bonus in a non-contractual world makes absolutely no sense. Right. You're putting out all the risk for yeah. what may not be a Until big tomorrow goal. shift. <laughs> that's right. it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for us, when we started signing bonuses in 2007, you know, hiring delivery, warehouse and delivery staff, it was after three months, here's the check that you get. And if we haven't convinced them to stay on with us after three months or, or made ourselves attractive enough to them become part of our family in the three months, yeah, you know, so be it. That's on us, not on yeah. them. So there is an opportunity there to do something after a probationary period. But again, if it's pay for performance... I want them yep. to earn more. I don't want people to have a capped earning potential. I want them to have this uncapped opportunity. Yeah, love that. Is it fair to say, Dan, that you know, obviously there's the emergency need of I have to fill shifts tomorrow. Like we need to open. We need people. You do what you got to do, but at the same time, you got to put as much time and effort into into planning that transition because you just can't stand there with a with a bucket of water trying to put out the fire each right. and every and day. Rob, I'm going to say it's better for someone not to be served than to be served poorly. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. No, interesting I, point. That's in, in I, I would watch, much right? rather have a customer feel like I was understaffed and couldn't help them than I did a shitty job helping them. Yeah. Right? And I think that we've all seen, you know, good examples of bad behavior in stores where we'd have been better off without that person. Right. Right. They, they have the ability to attract and repel lifetime business. They have the ability to attract and repel tomorrow's customer. If someone hears me having a great, I'm understaffed and that happens and I'm out there working the floor and someone can hear me having this great conversation, but can't break away to talk to you. Maybe there is this idea that they want to come back and feel that for themselves versus getting a poor experience from an inadequate staff member. Right. 
I can see that. I can see people just thinking with the blinders on of that one transaction, I need to that 50 bucks when in reality, that customer comes once a month and it's, you're risking $600 by having, having that crappy experience. Right. I'd rather them not be served than be served poorly. Yeah. Okay, Dan, retailer question of the week. Uh, You got one talking about inventory here. Mm -hmm. You know, we went from shortage of staff to uh, shortage of inventory. Yeah. Uh, Tell us a bit about this. Yeah. So this, this question has come up a couple of times in the last uh, 10 days or so. Uh, fall inventory that would normally be standing at someone's front door is maybe behind a little bit. Um, you know, this question came from someone who said, Hey, listen, I'm being short shipped from my, from my vendors. Um, or they're telling me my August delivery is not coming till the end of September. And so what do I do? How do I overcome this? This, this is not going to be an uncommon conversation. There is a level of scarcity in the marketplace today. There is still supply chain disruption. Vendors are still trying to get their proverbial ship together, you know, to recover from this deal, the same as everybody else. Um, And so we've got to become a little bit more creative. You can't, we talked about diversity a couple of weeks ago. You got to diversify your vendor base. You got to diversify your supply chain. And that starts by you going to your non-traditional vendors or sources to get product. You know, if you're here in Canada, you know, you're probably very quickly going to fair.com or, you know, one of the other marketplaces and looking at available product, maybe you're buying some goods out of LA at Fashion Go or, or um, LA Showroom, but you're really looking for product that's available right now to fill in. The biggest challenge, bigger challenge than being overpositioned in inventory is being underpositioned. If I'm underpositioned in inventory, I can't generate a sale, right? And this, this, This is a place that lots of people are. We've run our inventory so lean and we've been waiting for fall goods to come that just aren't showing up at my door. Well, I got to go look for it to fill in somewhere else. Um, And so as I talked about with with Brad here, you know, you got to get on some of these other opportunities as just stop gaps. You know, maybe they're not your next great brand, but they're bringing in at the categorical level Right. product that feeds a, a need that she has in your store. If you're in home goods, you know, you're, you're clearly trying to diversify because, you know, we are so delayed. Foam is delayed. Zippers are delayed. Everything that makes up furniture is delayed. And, you know, you're maybe looking at other opportunities. You know, apparel is easy to overcome. We can find product in lots of different places. We're in the throes of trade show season right now. You know, magic is on this week and and uh next i mean i think atlanta's on outdoor retailers on right now there's so much buying opportunity and going to those vendors and saying what's available right now what's what are your immediates and going to the vendors that you work with and saying you know what what's on the ats available to sell list send me the ats list and let's go way way back to conversations about building these good relationships with your vendors treating them like partners not like you know flies on shit let's let's pull them close to us and those that we have the best relationship with are working with us not against us and saying okay hang on a second i've got some product that a retailer can't take maybe i can steer it to you but you've got to be able to have that open conversation to fix this problem of inventory shortage or inventory delay yeah all right well said that's great yeah 
Uh, I'm sure there's some other questions out there, Dan. Uh, <laughs> keeping yeah. folks up at night, how do they how do they connect with you? Just you know, the easiest way is to send an email to Dan at thewealthyretailer.com. Fire your question in there, and we'll have a quick chat about it. And uh, of course, throw it in the throw it in the swimming pool for retailer questions here on yeah. the podcast. Right on. And folks, if you haven't yet, head to retailbycrs.com. Sign up for that newsletter. Each and every week, we got these great, uh, you know, the links to these stories that we're talking about. If you want to dive a little deeper as well, we always have a few extra stories. Uh, this week, we've got one talking about a Canadian toy retailer that has grown their digital sales 300% with AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, we got a story about uh, some vaccine lotteries for the VAC staff. I, I know that's a hot button topic, but uh, you might have some interest there and a story about things to consider in order to successfully sell your business. And uh, so there's some interesting parallels in that story that, that I thought was uh, really great that, uh, you know what, you may have no thought whatsoever of selling your business. You should read that story today right. because it's all about planting that seed for that future uh, giant oak tree you're, you're going to be uh, yeah. uh, getting down the road. Great job this week, Dan. Uh, you too, brother. All right, everyone. Have a great week and uh, we'll chat again next week. Sounds good. Bye now.